Welcome to the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the kind sponsorship from NoiseAware. NoiseAware is an easy-to-use preventative noise monitoring solution that is wire-free and completely weatherproof with the option of interior and exterior sensors. Listen in for the mid-episode break where we will answer another question about NoiseAware. Let's get started. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello, and in this episode, we're talking about stories. I love telling stories, and they have a psychological background. Stories have a unique place in the human brain. They can actually increase levels of oxytocin and cortisol, which are both associated with trust, attention, and generosity. And since we've been talking a lot about trust recently, and particularly in the direct booking sphere, we want our guests to trust us, we should become more adept at the art of storytelling. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new, and what will help make your business a success. And welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer. I am super excited to be back with you once again. And winter is here. Well, winter actually winter's been here for quite a while. But I'm looking out of the out of my my basement window at the moment, and like all I can see is black and white. We're in a black and white world at the moment. It's a grey day and the ground is covered and the trees are covered with snow and can't see much green. But it's lovely. I'm heading out later on to do some cross-country skiing and we'll come back and sit in front of a cosy fire this afternoon and get going on a bit of work. I've got to write some articles today and talking today about writing and about content and specifically talking about stories. One of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is that we've just adopted a new method of populating our drip email campaigns so that instead of just talking in more generic and general terms about the properties we've got listed and things that people can do and go and see, we're incorporating a story into every email. And as an example of the couple of them I've done recently, one was about, or the title of it was Walking on Water. And the story was that I always had on my bucket list for for many, many years that I wanted to walk on a frozen lake under a moonlit sky. And I then went on to say I had another few things on my bucket list, like seeing a moose and hearing a loon call at dawn. And never thought, as many of us, that it would happen. And then I moved to Canada and I've done all those things. I've heard the sound of a loon first thing in the morning. I've seen a moose and I've also experienced the magic of walking on a frozen lake under a moonlit sky. So I have done these things and I described in the email the excitement of walking on the lake and how 
people can do it in in the winter in Ontario. So so the goal, every one of these emails has got a goal, and this goal is getting to people th- to think about coming out of the city and coming up to our area in winter and experiencing something that you know could be a once in a lifetime thing. And that's just one of several emails. We're, we're about two, three months in now. And as I say, every email has, has a story and we are getting the most amazing reactions from them. I actually had a call from an ex-journalist from a national newspaper in Canada to tell me that he was really enjoying my stories and told me I was a good writer, which was really quite nice to hear. But he said that he actually looked forward to getting these emails and he wasn't the only one. To top that, we've been getting conversions. We have been getting people coming directly from that email, replying to it and asking about properties. So these are working. Now, we know they're working better than our previous emails did because we use Google Analytics and we use active campaigns. So we can see the data that shows how many people are opening the email because of the headline, which is, of course, is an important thing as well, but also how many are reading through it and clicking on the link in the email because every email has a link to a content article that's on the website. So these things are working. So I wanted to talk to you about this, to talk to you about the why of telling stories and about the how of telling stories, and also to explain where you can put your stories, because emails is not the only way to get your stories out to your audience. So that's what I'm going to be talking about in today's episode. It's not just randomly telling stories. I want to be very specific about how you do it, why you do it, and where you do it. So if you recall in last week's podcast, Matt Landau suggested writing an open heart letter, which is in fact a story about your experiences in 2020, your experiences during the COVID times of 2020, how it impacted your business. Now, this is not not meant to be a pity party, but it's more about sharing how the pandemic has impacted you. From, From Matt's perspective, it was whether it was a famine or a feast and what changes perhaps you'd be making in your business going forward and how that would impact your guests. And then that perhaps would take you to some content on your website or somewhere else that would explain it in a little bit more detail. I've also been reading a book called Stories That Stick by Kindra Hall. And I've heard about this from a couple of other people. They've said this is such a great book on the art of storytelling. So I'm totally recommending this book. It's a really good read because, of course, you know, if if you're writing a book about storytelling, then you're going to be telling stories within that book. So it it does make a good read because the story's in there about how people have done this. So I want to give you a couple of examples of how I've used storytelling, not on my website, but actually in presentations in the past four or five years, maybe a little bit longer. And have had the experience of people coming up to me and saying, I remember the story you told, because this is what this is all about. It's about creating something memorable that people will come back to you or your company because they recall what you told them on a previous occasion. So a couple of keynotes I've done, I've told a story about 
how I first started in this business. And you know that when I'm interviewing people on the show, I always ask them, you know, how did you get into this vacation rental business? What prompted you to do so? Because everybody has a unique story to tell. So I'm sure there's many of you who've actually heard my come to Canada and start the business story. Uh, So I'll, I'll be very brief about it. But in 1998, I was running a management consultancy in England, and we specialized in middle management and in marketing and communications. Well, I suppose the marketing aspect is not that far out, but it, I, I, was, I was teaching it to National Health Service members, the NHS, the, uh, the, the health service in the UK. So I was teaching middleman managers in hospitals how to market and communicate better. So a little bit far beyond what we do now in vacation rentals. And I came out to Canada to my brother's wedding. And it was the first time I had spent much time in Ontario. I had been here before. But this time he had booked us a cottage on a lake. And remembering this was 1998, so it was a long way before the standards are where they are now. What he failed to tell us as well was that this was water access only. So we had to get a boat to the property and, bless him, he'd supplied us with a rowboat. Although we we actually did get some transport on a motorised boat with all our luggage, but we got to this place and it was it hadn't been used for months and months and months, and the mice had taken up residence, and we had to clean it for three days before we really felt comfortable living in it. The septic system backed up on the first night, and there was one little outhouse that twelve of us had to use because the holding tank was full. But we had a fantastic time. We had a fantastic time. And I I tell the story about getting up first thing in the morning and swimming in this clear lake with the mist rising from it on a what was going to be a super hot day. Because I, I have that image in my mind about how amazing that was. Just having that early morning swim and then getting a cup of coffee and sitting out on the dock and watching this mist dissipate and hearing the sound of a loon and looking out across this beautiful lake. So as I said, I was going to cut this long story short. I was there with uh, with 12 or well, 11 other family members. We'd come across to a couple of family weddings. So we were traveling en masse. And my sister and I sat out on a rock at the side of this property one night, last night, in fact, looking over the expanse of water. And I said to her, I said, you know, we could, we could do this. We could buy properties here because they were very cheap at the time. We could buy properties and we could rent them out a lot better than the owner of this place is doing. And that was, that was actually the start of my business because I came back to England. Within six months, I'd been out to Canada again and bought my first property and seven more came, or six more came after that and started a company in the UK marketing Ontario cottages to the uh, British market and then eventually immigrated and went into partnership with the owner of a listing site. And the rest is our history, really. But I, I told this story at conferences and people have mentioned it to me on so many different occasions that they remember my story. They remember the story about the mice, about the septic tank overflowing about having to clean the place and about 
hearing the call of a loon in the morning. So this is what I'm going to be elaborating on a little bit more about, you know, using very descriptive stuff, talking about moments in time and talking about very specific details, because that is what encourages people to listen and create the memories for them. Because we all crave stories because they allow us to sympathize with the characters. You know, maybe when you're hearing me say, I spent three days cleaning this place, that you had an immediate response, the sympathy, you know, however, however could you do that? Because that would not happen today. But I gained your support in, in telling that because it triggered probably some sort of mild emotion. So you tell your audience a story, you gain their support, and then you then create a following for your cause and inspire your audience to act and believe in you and to trust in you. And as I said right at the very outset, stories have a unique place in the human brain. They increase levels of oxytocin and cortisol, and those hormones are associated with trust, attention, and generosity. Now, we want to generate trust. We want to get attention and we want people to feel generous towards us and, well, give us their money, I guess. <laughs> but it, it is more about the trust and attention. And, and I love this idea. So just one more story, very, very brief one before I go on, because this is another one that, uh, that has been remembered by people who've been to a couple of presentations. And that's the goose story. And it was, it was about 10 years ago, we had a family in a waterfront property. They'd never been to cottage country before. And we had a call on that morning, that very agitated call from the guest to say that they'd opened the curtains in the morning and there was a dead goose on the lawn. And this was agitating their children. And it was very traumatic and they could not go anywhere could not, they had to, they closed the curtains up. They couldn't look at this thing. We had to get somebody out there immediately to remove this dead goose from the lawn. And how could we possibly have allowed that to happen? They paid a lot of money for the property and, and this was unspeakable. <laughs> I remember, I remember the emotion that came out of this, this, in fact, it was a guy, the emotion that came out of his voice, you know, this, this, this is just, Uns and he used the word unspeakable. This is, this is just unspeakable. I don't know how you can, th this can happen to us when we paid so much. I did bite my tongue. You know, we are not in control of the wildlife that might arrive on a lawn and decide to expire. Uh, he, he wasn't going to listen to any of that. So I simply said, okay, you know, we will do our best. We'll get somebody out. Now this was 10 years ago and it was always, it was always difficult to find people to do property maintenance at that time. Still is, but not, not to the same extent. But at that time, no one was around doing property maintenance. They had jobs to go to. The owners of properties would tend to their properties at the weekends or changeover days. And we just sort of hoped for the best in between. So we didn't have a caretaker to go to. So I was calling around, you know, local handymen saying, can you go and get this goose off the lawn, please? because the, the property was two hours from my office. So I, I was also contemplating getting into my car and driving up there. All during this, all during this research to get somebody out to remove the offending creature, the guy was continuing to 
callers to tell us how traumatized his family were. And we said, well, go out, have, go and have some breakfast, go into town, do your shopping. It'll be, it'll be gone when you come back. Oh, we can't, we, we're not leaving the house. I said, but you could go out of the other door, which faces the road, which does not face the goose and get in your vehicle and drive away. No, 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 no. My, my children are too traumatized to even leave the house. And this, this, of course, was getting pretty ridiculous by this time because we couldn't find anyone to move the darn thing. So eventually I got hold of one of our other owners that lived nearby and said, do you know anybody who could do this? He said, don't worry. He said, I'll go out and do it. You know, no problem. He said, I'll just take a black garbage bag, pair of gloves. I will put the carcass into the bag, remove it, and then you can tell your guests that, you know, all is free. He calls me 40 minutes later and he said, I've been there. He said, I couldn't find much left because the raccoons had been at the goose. Now, that <laughs> that would have been probably a little more traumatic. So it was probably a good idea they had the curtain shut. So I was able to phone the guests and let them know that the goose had been removed and that they were free to uh, open, the, open the drapes. And then I got hit with the, well, we want a refund for a whole day. And to say I nearly lost it would have been polite because I I had to actually put the phone down, tell him, I'd, oh, something came up, I'll call you back, to actually collect myself and able to, to, to enable me to, to give him a call back. But that, that's a story I have told on, on a number of occasions because it just describes the whole issue of um, problem management and s- some of the weird problems that we've, we've had and that we've dealt with. And, and the fact that people come to our properties with very different perceptions, they come with city attitudes, and we have to understand those city attitudes and deal with them accordingly. But in those two stories, the stories of coming to Canada and the goose story, I have used a number of elements of a story that every story should have. So emotion, I've talked about emotion, I've talked about the guy talking about trauma, he was really angry. So we've talked about that emotion. It's sort of relatable to a certain degree. I mean, when you think I'm, I'm telling this story usually to other property managers and talking about handling difficult situations. So we're talking about their, the, the guest emotion, also talking about my emotion, which was of, of frustration as well, of not, not being able to handle his issue. Every story should have a moment in time. So in my story, I would talk about the time of year it was the time of year, it was a hot summer's day, etc. So it's got to be a moment in time, somebody arriving somewhere, a specific date. When I talk about arriving in Canada, I talk about it being 1998. And it was around about the time that Princess Diana died, because that's really relatable. People remember that. So we always think about having a moment in time. And then thirdly, the third element is specific details. And Kendra Hall says, for a story to be compelling, it should include a specific moment in time or physical space and very specific details. And just reading from her her book, just a, a piece that really stood out for me, talking about specific details. She said, the specific details component involves the use of specific, descriptive, sometimes unexpected details and imagery that are relevant to the intended audience in an effort to create and draw the listeners into a world that sounds familiar to their own. The finer the detail, the better. 
the strongest, stickiest stories are those that master this component. Using specific details in a story is a way to illustrate how well the teller knows the audience. If, for example, you're telling a story to a 1980s audience, a detail could be a boombox. If you're telling a story to an audience made up of a lot of parents, a detail could be wrestling a stroller into the trunk of a car. Each use of a detail signals to the audience how deeply the teller understands them and builds a strong connection between the audience and the teller and the message. One of the very first guests on my podcast was the founder of a company called Tots to Travel in the UK, and her name is Wendy Shand. And her business was founded around safe holidays for families, particularly with small children. And on her website, she tells a story of why she founded the company after a near disastrous holiday to France when she went with her son and baby daughter. On the site, she says, my son Barnaby was two and a half and he fell into an unenclosed swimming pool. We rushed to get him out and mercifully he was unhurt, if shocked by what happened. That's where my business idea was born, to create a website parents could visit to find nice holiday properties that were suitable and equipped for babies and young children. And this is such a super example of creating a good story that is going to create that rapport with the people that come to the site. And you can see the emotion there, obviously, a moment in time, you know, going on holiday in, she talks about it being in 2006, and then the specific details. And the specific details, of course, you know, people will relate to that feeling of, oh my God, child's fallen into the swimming pool. So that is a really great example of tying in those elements of a story and making it relatable. A couple of other examples of people using these elements of a story. Katie Ruotola owns a company called Budapest Holiday and Vacation Rentals or Buda Home. And her About Us page describes the backstory of how she got this property. And it's a story of her grandmother, Suzanne, who in the late 1960s created Hungary's first and only private owned guest house. And this was during the time that Hungary was a communist country. And Katie says on her About Us page, Susan was a tenacious woman with an uncanny sense for business and a few good connections in the countryside. These always proved useful when she needed to bring a goose or a chicken as a gift to make some bureaucrat look the other way. Funny as it may seem, in a poor country, this was a big bonus. Resourcefulness was, by nature and by necessity, one of her distinctive features, coupled with the ability to always make the best of what was left around. Her brilliant entrepreneurial skills came in handy in 1960 when she managed to persuade local authorities to allow her to open an Italian restaurant. She then went on to open a guest house. And Katie says, if Airbnb existed back then, my grandmother would have been a super host. This is such a, such a powerful story. And it makes Katie really relatable. Katie actually went on to buy back that same property. So she runs her business from the property that her, her grandmother uh, operated the guest house in. Just a great story. I'm just going to go over in a second to our sponsor, to Noiseware. So before I do that, 
because this is a great segue into it. Dave Kraus, who is one of the co-founders of NoiseAware, tells this great story of how he founded the company because of a party that broke out in one of his rented apartments and he was closed down because of it. And the story, and I'll put the link to Rent Responsibly and Dave's story in the show notes. You can go have a look at that because that's such a powerful story of, of how a moment in time allowed him to develop something that has become an amazing product used by thousands and thousands of vacation rental owners and managers across the world. So, as I said, great segue into going over to NoiseAware and Michael Goldin as he answers another one of my questions. We've been talking about noise in interior spaces. So how can noise aware detect exterior noise in areas where people congregate outside? Yeah, noise aware was developed originally just as an indoor sensor. But the more we listened to the market, the more they were telling us how important an outdoor sensor was. There's markets like Tahoe, where if you have noise outside past 10 p.m., the homeowner and the guest can be fined $1,000 each. So when we started hearing that laws like this were in place, we developed an outdoor sensor that works as a detector for the source noise outside as well. A lot of noise starts inside and ends up outside. And if you have the ability to monitor common spaces outside, whether it's a patio or a hot tub, then you're really going to, going to make your neighbors a lot happier than if you weren't. Because uh, outdoor noise, as we know, is a lot easier to travel than, than through the walls of a, a single family home. I know that um, our owners in our areas would definitely appreciate having some form of, uh, of, of sensor that monitored outside noise because we're in lakefront areas and sound really, really carries. So, so that, that is, is definitely something useful for uh, for our type of uh, of properties, yes, it's it's instrumental in keeping communities happy, and huh. that's really what we uh, we're here to solve is making sure short term rentals can live and coincide with the community as as harmoniously as possible. Well, so back to storytelling. And we've talked about why you should tell stories and we've talked about the elements of a story. And now I want to go on and talk about where you could tell your stories. Because I mentioned emails earlier on and a drip campaign is ideal because the, the type of drip campaign we're doing is a 26 week. So an email goes out every two weeks and they are evergreen, which means they'll continue with, with a few minor changes to go year on year. So a good story is an evergreen story. You know, it, it has a moment in time, but it's not now time, if you like. You know, usually a good story is telling about something that happened in the past to somebody and telling it in specific detail and creating some sort of emotion. 
So we're creating you know, 26 separate emails, each with a small story and each one that gets linked to a specific piece of content on the website. So for example, my walking on water email linked to a piece on ice safety. Because of course, you know, you, you don't want to go walking on any old ice. You want to make sure it is safe to walk on. So that's one way we're telling stories, but there's plenty of others. And I'm going to touch on, you know, telling stories on your website, telling stories in newsletters or emails, also perhaps in your social media, and in fact, in any other part of, of your marketing. So let me give you some ideas of, of stories on the website. The About Us page is probably the best one. I've seen some dire About Us pages, which don't even mention people. They're trying to, you know, they're telling the story of a company. We were established in 2012 and we have numerous properties on beaches and whatever, you know, near attractions. That's not a story. That is a description of a company, but I see far too many of those. And then I see some amazing <laughs> about us pages like Katie's, like uh, Richard and Sophie Smith from Beside the Sea Holidays. They have a great backstory. Wendy Shand, of course, with um, Tots to Travel. Take a look around at some other companies that are perhaps your competitors and check out their About Us page. See if they're telling a story. The more successful companies tell specific stories. On ours, we have pictures of all our staff. We tell people how we got into this business, why we're doing it. And, and talk about the emotions. We want to create dreams for our guests. And we do this because we've experienced these dreams ourselves. So I won't talk too much about, about us because you can go to the complete episode I did on telling your story, which is your about us story. And I'll put the link to that episode in the show notes. The story of your home is, is another place where you can create some rapport with your guests. If you've got numerous homes, have a think or ask your owners what stories there are behind them. We have, we have a couple of properties. One's called Journey's End. It's a beautiful, beautiful property. And it is an old log cabin that was brought to the site by wagon and horses. It was an old cabin that was out in the country. And back in the 1900s, it was brought onto the site by a wagon and horses where they deposited this cabin. And then the new owners built another story onto this house. So it's a story about a story, if you like. It, but it is a great story. Another one, uh, we have got a small, beautiful little cottage, only a tiny little place. But it was, it goes back again into the earlier part of the 20th century when ice hockey was becoming popular. And the very first manager of the Maple Leafs hockey team owned this property. So if the property doesn't have a story to it, some don't, then think about something in the area that has a story around it. We have, in fact, we have a number of places that purport to be the smallest jail in Ontario. But one in particular is near one of our properties. And we, we mentioned this in the story of the property, that they should go visit this smallest jail and check out the history of it. 
in fact, in on every single one of our listings, we post a little bit of trivia, which is a story about the area. So for, we have a property on a river called the Burnt River. And there is a little story there about how Burnt River got its name. And it's, it's not due to the iron content in the water, which is what we thought it was originally, but the fact that there was a little hamlet there in the 19th century that got burnt to the ground. It's a great story. So we have, we have one of these stories on every single one of our listings. So you can incorporate guest stories as well. In fact, on our website, we've got a section called We've Stayed Here because our staff go out and visit a lot of our properties and they will stay there with their families and then they write the story of their stay and they'll include video and include photographs. And, and it's very compelling to be able to take somebody out of a listing which just describes the amenities and the features and a bit of a description and say, look, go to this story of what our staff experienced when they stayed there. And we do find that the conversion rate on those properties where they have stayed is way higher than it was previously before that story got there. So there's plenty of examples on your website where you can create stories. Then, of course, the stories in your general marketing, as in the drip emails, walking on water, the bucket list, let's go on vacation together, which is one I've just done recently which the story is, I'm sure we've all experienced this, is what I say in the email, that great party you have around about the festive season when all the family gets together or your friends get together and somebody after a lot of wine and beer says, let's go on vacation together. And then you wake up the following day in the the cold light of the morning and realise that you've now got to organise a vacation for three separate families, all with different needs and perceptions of, of what they want. So that was an email I sent that was focused on those people that are organizing family vacations or group vacations. And it linked into a website article or a piece of content on the ultimate guide to planning a family vacation. And we've had a lot of traffic to that. Other places you can put your stories are of course in your Facebook posts and in your Instagram feeds, in your newsletters. You can create lead magnets. I love creating lead magnets or downloadables for our guests. And when we're segmenting out on our email list, we will have diff- we've got different PDFs, downloadables, lead magnets, whatever you want to call them, for different types of people. So I'm thinking about doing a story about a little boy who always wanted to go fishing. He lives in the city, lives in a condo, and he watches all these fishing programs on TV and he's desperate to go fishing. So his dad takes him to a cottage and the story is a little story about getting the fishing license, getting a rod, standing on the end of a dock and catching his first fish. And we've got a picture of little boy catching a fish. And then that goes to a landing page on our website, which is the best lakes to take your child fishing. And it's giving a little description on on the best places to go, including some information on how to get the license. And there's a couple of days during the year where there's free fishing, where you can fish without a license. So it's those sorts of things. So the idea 
is to tell the story and then get the people reading the story to give us their email address as they download that PDF. Now, I haven't done that one yet. It's coming up. Uh, I will let you know how that one works. But I think by now, you've probably got the idea. If you want some more examples, then I strongly suggest that you subscribe to a couple of newsletters. One of them is, of course, Matt Landau's newsletter, which is great. Matt tells a story every single time. And, you know, I, re- I recall the story he told about moving to Miami and the fact that he could swim in the sea every day and he wasn't a great swimmer, but he's taking swimming lessons. That's really stuck with me. And I think once you get this idea of how to write these relatable stories, you're going to really understand how impactful they can be. There is another newsletter that I subscribe to by Anne Handley from Content Marketing Profs. I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. So please go along and subscribe to Anne's email. It's all about content marketing. So you should be reading that anyway. And she has a very particular, unique style of writing. Uh, She captures the attention from the very beginning and tells a story every single week. I'm going to give you one more example before I finish here. My friend Jodie Bourne, you may know Jodie from, she's been on the show a couple of times. She's helping me out with my Pinterest marketing at the moment. Um, And she has a great uh, vacation rental marketing group on Facebook, which I'll put in the show notes as well. But Jodie posts pictures and videos of her dog, Jolene all the time. And it's Jolene. She she got Jolene as a puppy about a year ago. And I've seen pictures of Jolene experiencing her first snow in Texas. I've seen her rolling in the mud. I've seen her running for a Frisbee and playing in the farm. And I love this. I I spoke to Jodie the other day on the phone on a Zoom call. And my first thing is, "Where's, where's Jolene? Let me see Jolene. I want to see her in person or in dog or whatever you call it. The reason being is that I got used to seeing these photos and videos of Jolene and I'm seeing her grow up. So let me give you an idea. If you are the owner or if you run a lot of pet-friendly properties, then I suggest that you start focusing perhaps on your pet or on another pet and, you know, friend's pet, but show different things of how that dog is enjoying the time at the property. Because this could be very, very powerful in your marketing. It's something I want to try because pet-friendly cottages is such a high rank, such high-ranking keywords for us that we're going to be focusing a lot on uh, pet friendliness. Um, 70% of our properties accept pets and people are constantly on the lookout for a pet friendly property. So I just like the idea of having a story that continues. And just before I finish, I'm going to mention a commercial that we used to watch in the UK and it started in a roundabout, oh gosh, I'm thinking in the late 1970s, I think. I might be wrong, but it was for 
um, Nescafe Gold Blend. It was for coffee. And this series of ads ran over five years. And the very first ad was this very beautiful lady knocking on the door of her neighbor, asking if she could borrow some coffee. She was having a dinner party. She'd run out of coffee. And she asked if she could borrow some coffee. And in that very, very short commercial, there was such chemistry, magic between these two people, the guy in the apartment and and the lady asking for the coffee, that that simple commercial drove a series of them over the next six or seven years. And each commercial was very, very short and touched on their developing relationship. And finally, in the very last commercial, the guy tells the girl that he loves her. I'm going to put a link to a YouTube video which describes that series of commercials because I think it's it was so powerful in terms of how it captured the attention of the audience. And probably for many people in the US, you will never never have seen that sequence uh, series of commercials, but it, it definitely is a good watch to see how they've taken this couple on a journey from their very first meeting to what would be a deeper relationship all over a cup of coffee. So there we are. We have gone from the why you should tell stories to the how of telling stories and to the where you can put your stories. I would absolutely love it if you would share your stories with me. If you're telling a story, if you've got an about us story, a property story, if you're sending emails or newsletters, I would love to be able to see them. I want to be able to um, create a series that describes in a little more detail how we do this. Because this is one thing that we have over Airbnb and Booking.com and VRBO is that they cannot tell your personal stories. They cannot attract people to your your property because of the stories they tell. Only you have that power. So I'd ask you to hang on to the end. I have created a free download for you which has got, if you're stuck for ideas, I've got 25 specific story and content ideas that might just kickstart your story writing. So I've got you know, the types of stories you could put on a listing, the type of stories you could put um, in, a, in a newsletter or an email, or you could put in an About Us page. I've also got stories you can use to attract your owners as well, because... Most of us in our owner pages on our websites are just saying, let me represent your property. Let me tell you what I can do. Here's our services. Nobody's saying, let me tell you the story of how we came to do it so well through our own experience. So you want to attract owners if you're a property manager in the same way as you want to attract guests. So if you're telling stories to attract guests, you should be telling stories to attract your owners as well. So I've got a couple of examples of stories you could tell to attract your new owner clients too. So I hope you enjoyed that. You know, I, when I start talking about telling stories, I get inspired myself to write more and to get out and to 
think of, be more creative and to think about how to be more impactful in my marketing and communication. And the thing is with Google Analytics and with analytics on your CRM, you can see if this is working for you or if it isn't. So let me know. Let me know anything about this. Let me let me hear your stories. Let me hear how, how it's working for you. And I will respond to you. So you can email me at heather at vacationrentalformula.com. Please do, because I can't wait to hear and uh, and see them. So that's it for another week. As I said at the beginning, I'm heading out on the cross-country trails right now. It's a beautiful day. It'll probably be busy and we're meant to be keeping our distance from people, but uh, probably easier on the cross-country trails than it would be in a big box store today. So have a great day and enjoy your storytelling. Thanks again for listening to this episode brought to you by NoiseAware. For more information and to connect with the NoiseAware team, visit vacationrentalformula.com forward slash NoiseAware, or simply click the link in the description section of this episode on your smart device. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.